Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to the Expert Ownership Podcast. This is David. I've got Jason here with me in the studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today, we're going to talk about biblical entrepreneurship, and we're going to talk about the pattern that Nehemiah, straight up one of the prophets of Scripture, used in uh, what he did when God called him to this vision to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. So man, there is a business here. If you have never read the book of Nehemiah, it's tiny. It's a short little book. This dude was one heck of an entrepreneur. And we know Nehemiah as believers as the guy who built the wall around Jerusalem, right? But he was an entrepreneur. He he was not a vocational minister. He was not a Levite guy. He wasn't he was a business leader. He and he his life shows us what a kingdom-minded entrepreneur is all about. So, when you read the book of Nehemiah, you'll see he was burdened by a specific niche of people, okay, which was the Israelites. He saw a problem that they had, and he did something about it. That's what an entrepreneur does, right? Us, you target a niche, find their problem, and solve it. You do something about it. But you know, the word entrepreneur actually has an interesting story. The phrase entree is Latin for to go between. And the phrase prende comes from a French word that means to undertake. So an entrepreneur is someone who goes between a person and their problem to bring a solution. And do you know what that sounds like? It sounds like something we hear about in Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, when it mm. says, behold, I look for a, a man, man who would stand in the gap. And <laughs> an entrepreneur is an intercessor. They're an intercessor, someone who stands in the gap on behalf of others to connect them with God, because ultimately that's our goal as faith-filled entrepreneurs. We want to connect our customers, our clients, our employees, our contractors, our vendors. We want to connect them with the God that we serve. That's our goal. Now, we're doing it in a tangible way. And when you meet the need that the customer or the client is paying you for, it'll open a door to one day meet the need that they're not paying you for. And that need is their relational need to connect with the creator of the universe. That's why we have to do awesome work. That's why we have to look at examples like Nehemiah and model our businesses exactly the way that he modeled his, okay? He was more than just an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneurial intercessor who went in between people and their problem with a solution. He bridged the gap for his specific niche of people, which were the Israelites in Jerusalem. Not the Israelites in Babylon, but the Israelites in Jerusalem. So he niched it down, right? The riches are always in the niches. He bridged the gap for this niche of people and connected them to God in a powerful way. So here's what I want to do. I want to list four identity traits of Nehemiah, but specifically we're targeting kingdom entrepreneurs. So four identity traits of a kingdom entrepreneur followed by three initiatives that a kingdom entrepreneur will undertake. Got me? So we're going to look at four identity traits of a kingdom entrepreneur followed by the three initiatives that kingdom entrepreneurs should undertake. All right, so let's let's look at the four identity traits first. Number one, and this is about Nehemiah, and this is about you, who you need to be. Number one, a prayer. You need to be a prayer. 
A kingdom entrepreneur is a prayer. They first intercede through prayer. Do you pray for your customers? Pray for your clients? You pray for your employees? Because that's the secret sauce of your business. Well, we definitely pray for profit. Of course. <laughs> but we got to add all these other things in as well. Because and, 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 and the, the essence is Isaiah 48, 17 of Scripture. And, you know, I, I would imagine Nehemiah had the scroll of Isaiah. Yeah. But it's I Isaiah 48, did. 17 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. The word teach means to train up to develop skills. And the word profit doesn't mean money. It means to bring value. So the original of what Nehemiah was probably reading, I am the Lord your God who trains you to develop skills that bring value. Yeah. Now, what follows value is profit. And so we, we don't sit there and pray for profit, although, yes, we, we do need profit. Profit to a business is like air to a lung. We have to have it or else we can't live or survive. Yeah. But, but we have to focus on the, 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 um, the sequence of profit, which is training, skill development, value bringing. Yeah. And then profit comes. And if you pray for the people, God may sometimes take you in the opposite direction. David and I, before we went into a, a, a very large conference where we had a bunch of, of uh, potential clients that we really wanted to land, this is right at the beginning of our business. If you read our book, Expert Ownership, um, then you'll hear this story. But the Lord told us specifically, don't go in there to make money. You go in there to represent me. You know, basically seek first my kingdom and go in there and be ministers and and don't don't focus on the money. So that's what we did. And we sat next to a table with a couple older ladies and we we witnessed to them, told them our little testimony. And at the end of it, they told us, hey, by the way, what do you guys do? Or they asked us, what do you guys do? We said, we're in real estate. They said, oh, that's interesting. We work for this bank and we sell uh, foreclosed real estate properties in North Carolina. And these two ladies ended up working in our same area. And David and I, over the next decade, made probably half a million dollars of profit off of off of that company. So God told us to go after the heart and that he would take care of the money, and he did it. So that's why prayer is so incredibly important. So a kingdom entrepreneur is a prayer. Second, they're a planner. They make plans by thinking through strategies and tactics. That's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah prayed about his people, but he also planned. So when the king said, hey, you know, I'll let you go to Jerusalem and rebuild that wall, Nehemiah jumped into action, and he had a plan immediately. They make plans by thinking through strategies and tactics. Strategies are what by when. Tactics are how by who. Let me say that again, okay? Strategies are what by when. What are we going to do and when are we going to accomplish it? Those are your strategies. Tactics are how by who. How are we going to do this and who's going to be responsible? So you got to get your strategies and your tactics together. So a kingdom entrepreneur isn't just a prayer. He's also a planner and he waits for God to approve the plan. And then he runs forward with the go ahead. That's where number three is. So he's a prayer. He's a planner, but he's also number three, a pursuer. Once God gives the green light, they pursue the opportunity like a bat out of Hades. Although they are not a bat out of Hades, they don't need anyone else to push them. They jump and they run fast, right? They're producers. They're not consumers. And and you, you become obsessed with it. When God gives you the green light on something that he wants you to do in your business, let's say that you own a restaurant and David and I have some buddies that we met. Um, we were in, what was it? Uh, what part of Montana were we in when we ate at the barrel, yeah. the barrel 
yeah, restaurant there I, in I Montana. Don't, yeah, I don't it was Gr- Great Falls, Montana. Big Falls, Montana. No, Great Falls. Great. Was it Great Falls, Montana? And uh, one of the one of the owners there brought us in, and man, it, they have this breakfast, and they have this thing called the trash can omelet. And they brought us in, and they've got this basement thing, and he brought us these trash can omelets. I'm telling you, it was the best omelet I've ever put in my mouth. And uh, and I just think that you know the Lord gave this guy the call to start a restaurant, and he w- got radical about pursuing the best omelets there were. There were, and I saw omelets on a menu I'd never seen before. And what I put in my mouth, it was incredible. So when God gives you a vision, and He gives you like, hey, the go ahead, go down, start that restaurant. And you're going to start a pizza place or whatever. Well, you have the best pizza. Like, pursue it. it. Pursue it hard. Right? So there are prayers. A kingdom entrepreneur is a prayer, a planner, a pursuer, a pursuer, yes, and finally a producer. They make things happen for those they serve. They help people by giving them true value. And in return, they receive monetary values value that allows them to continue to bring and produce value. So they're always thinking producing, not consuming. They're not in business to make money. They're in business to bless people, and they know that they will make money, right? So obviously, money is the carrot that gets you moving in the direction that God wants you to go. Once you're moving in that direction, don't think money again until you either made a lot of it or you didn't make enough, and then you can use money as a measuring stick. Should I keep doing this? Should I not? Well, the money will will guide you, but you're always thinking about producing for the people, and when you do that, profit will chase you down. Okay. So those are the four things. That's the four identity traits of a kingdom entrepreneur. They're a prayer, a planner, a pursuer, and a producer. On that foundation, there are three initiatives of a kingdom entrepreneur. Here are the three things that every kingdom entrepreneur should do. That we get from Nehemiah. That we get right out of Nehemiah. That's what I was about to say. Number one, invade. Wherever God has burdened your heart and given you a nudge, Run to it. Dive in feet first. You don't put your feet in the water and see what the temperature's like. You you do exactly what we're supposed to do. When God called the children of Israel to take over the promised land, he wanted them to invade it. That mindset of invasion is one that burns the boats after it lands on the shore, mm-hmm. right? We don't uh, act like the, the spies when God told the children of Israel to go into the promised land and they sent the spies, like, should we, what's it going to be like? Oh my God. We're afraid. If you do that, then you're going to, you're going to refuse to take the land. Yeah. In Hebrews chapter 10, the last few verses of Hebrews 10 says that we are not of those who shrink back in fear. And I'm paraphrasing here, but we're those who surge forward by faith. Like the whole idea of a surge is like just invade. It is. And, And this is where David and I were when we first started our business in 2003, we were real estate, uh, brokers and, we got into the niche where that a bunch of other real estate brokers, brokers wanted to get into, and they were already in it, of selling foreclosed properties on behalf of banks because they had all these distressed assets they needed help with. When David and I got there to the very first conference we ever went to, there's probably 5,000 people, and 4,000 of them were probably real estate brokers that were already in it. And we didn't know anybody. We didn't know anything. We hadn't made any money, nothing. But there was this this mindset inside of us like we are going to take over. And you know what? Within 10 years, we were the biggest foreclosure brokers in the country, basically around the world by God's grace. But it was this mindset of invasion. Like we didn't, we're not coming to this space to just participate. We're coming to take over, right? So that's the first thing. 
that a kingdom entrepreneur will do. It's it's invasion. That's that's the the initiative. Number two, exert. So you invade. Number one, exert. Number two, what do we exert? We exert godly influence in the place we've invaded. Okay, we we now act as thermostats, not thermometers. A thermostat. What's the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? A thermometer simply reflects the atmosphere. It reflects what's in the environment around it. But a thermostat controls it. It regulates it. It regulates it. That's what we want to be like. And that's that's where David and I found ourselves. Not only were we the biggest players in the space within a 10-year period, but we found that several of these asset managers and either even other uh, real estate brokers, when they would see us at these conferences, they'd come up and say, hey, can you pray for my family? Can you pray for my kid? Because by God's grace... We exerted godly influence in that space where we were, and we would talk to people and ask them about their families and how's your kid, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we'd pray for people, and it gave us a reputation. There, uh, we, we're here in NASCAR country in Concord, so it's the home of all the NASCAR drivers and the race teams and all of these other things, and it's just north of Charlotte. Well, it, there's a, it's not a coincidence that NASCAR has not been overrun by the radical LGBTQ militia. Yeah. And the reason why... And I won't give any names, but I know a lot of the presidents and a lot of the leaders of these race teams, they exert their Christian influence and they say, no, we will not push that agenda. It's an anti-family agenda. And they even have sponsors that pull out. They have sponsors that say, we want you to do a rainbow flag, or we want you to do this, or we want you to do that, or we want you to paint the car all black for BLM. And I was talking with presidents and they said, we will not do that. Even if you pull your sponsorship, we won't do it. And of course... Those people backed off because they exerted their influence. That's what we have to do as Christians, and, and we have not been doing that, unfortunately. And so, therefore, now the Starbucks of the world and the Targets of the world and others will push ungodly influence. Yeah. So it's it's that mindset of invasion. It's that mindset, then, I'm going to exert kingdom influence in this place where I now am. And number three, this is very important, initiative of a kingdom entrepreneur is duplicate. You invade, you exert, you duplicate. You duplicate more invaders and exerters, okay? Who then will duplicate more invaders and exerters. This is what we do in response to God's command, Christ's command to make disciples of all nations. This is what we do. We need to duplicate ourselves. It's not enough for you to just run a successful business. You need to be raising up other younger entrepreneurs who can also run successful businesses, and when you do that, you become the same type of person that Nehemiah was. It wasn't enough for Nehemiah to just go and rebuild the wall. Nehemiah then trained other leaders, and he put other people in place so that he could go back and do his business. Okay? So that's what we want. You want to invade, you want to exert, and you want to duplicate. That's very important. So let me give these to you again real quick. Okay. The four identity traits of a kingdom entrepreneur taken out of the book of Nehemiah. Number one, he's a prayer. Number two, a planner. Number three, a pursuer. Number four, a producer. When you're a prayer, planner, pursuer, and producer on that foundation, you then go and here are your initiatives. You want to invade that space. You invade that niche in your business. You want to exert godly influence, and then you want to duplicate yourself so that there are other invaders and exerters who can come in and see God's kingdom take place in your business. Okay, Jason, that's it. Own it or loan it. Ready? You ready for this one? Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Oh, own it. Every Why? Bit of it. I'm already listening to it. 
but you can't you don't want to bypass thanksgiving you sinful anti-american you tell me one person that exists who doesn't uh listen to christmas music and think of you know thankful thoughts toward the savior of the world well rocking around the christmas tree well no whatever (laughs) okay i like christmas music before thanksgiving as well but you gotta you gotta be intentional about pouring into your kids and your family and your sphere of influence about thanksgiving because it's so important but the music does play a nice little ambiance in the back. Okay, subscribe, rate, review, guys. Hope you enjoy this. Reach out to us. Let us know uh, if there are things you want to hear about. Benhambrothers.com. You can go to any of our socials. Uh, but if you want to reach out to us, just hit Benhambrothers.com. Hit that contact button, and our fearless leader, Deb, will get all those comments over to us. Okay, God bless you guys. See you next week. Peace. I've been really, really feeling it. Feeling it. Gotta bust a move or a show late.